there, folks. My name is Emily. And I'm Elle. And we are Oh My Word, a podcast where we discuss books, movies, musicals, TV shows, etc. in the hopes of promoting clean content. Exactly. And to help with that, we have designed, after many, many years, and many, many false starts, and many crashes, and many other things that could not happen correctly in intense Many, many years of science experience. Booms, bangs, whizzes, and all sorts of onomatopoeia. Exactly. We have developed a highly, highly technical... You have to be a very skilled operator to work the pearl clutching scale. It's easy for people to clutch pearls, but it's not as easy to work through the pearl clutching scale. Yes. Two very separate things. Exactly. Anyone can clutch a pearl. Well, anyone who owns pearls can clutch them. Right. Don't go around clutching other people's pearls, especially if they're in the middle of wearing them, but also if it's in their safe. Either way, don't clutch other people's pearls. It's going to put you in a very awkward situation. Yeah, and it's just rude besides. Right. Violence, language, and romance, scale of zero to four, zero being no pearls clutched, and four is being, oh my word, all the pearls have been clutched. Notice how we did that? We just put everything together into one sentence there. That's when we get very Victorian and we clutch our pearls and we get a little pink around our cheeks and we go very British. No, okay, okay. We can't help it. Emily goes and gets very Victorian and she'll even dress up sometimes and she'll put on the dress and everything like that. So that's when I'll usually know if a lot of pearls are being clutched because if I could just glance at Emily and she's wearing all the clothes and even has the kid gloves on, not like, uh, okay, like, you know, that's what they used to call them, like the little gloves on. That I know. For me, it's a little bit, it's not as easy to tell because I just stay in my regular clothes, which is a hazard. And you're also constantly in a state of outrage and shock, whereas the rest of us sort of. There's the ebbs and flows. There's ebbs and flows. Exactly. Yeah, there's tides. Yeah, well, fine. Granted, granted, (laughs) that as well. I also believe that if you're going to do something, then you do it right. And if you're going to say, oh my word, and clutch some pearls, and you don't do it in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, you know, you do it with some petticoats on and a high collar and some pearl buttons and kid gloves. And just, you got to really get into something. That's all. Yeah. Well, there's no room for petticoats in the hazmat suit. Not like I would have them anyways, but if I would have them, there would be no room for them here. Right. It would take up a lot of space. There's no segue there. <laughs> Darn. I mean, this moment of like, how can I turn it into, well, maybe there is. That would be a great moment if you figure out the segue from there. I know. I was trying to figure out something about, well, like clothing and the changing times of clothing maybe. or something like that. Voluminous, something voluminous that would fill space. Yes, that too, but... As we've mentioned before, you know, it's really a shame because sometimes I have great segues, but those are always the weeks when it's not my turn to come up with a segue. And then when it's my turn to come up with a segue, my mind goes blank. That's not either a segue. It's not either a segue. So it's I'm not just, either a segue. <laughs> so I'm just going to get into it. This week, we are talking about Hairspray, the musical. It is set in the early 1960s in Baltimore, and pleasantly plump teenager Tracy Turnblad teaches... Her fellow Baltimoreans, I think that's how you say it, Baltimoreans, Baltimore. a thing or two about racial integration and body inclusion, like body positivity, after landing a spot on her favorite local TV dance show. So today we're going to be talking about 
The 2007 movie. Also, Elt has seen a couple of productions on stage. So, the story generally. But it actually, I didn't know this. It actually originated not on Broadway. It originated as a movie. It was first a movie in 1988, directed and written by Jonathan Waters. Then it came to Broadway in 2002 and won almost every Tony that year. Best Musical, Best Direction, Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score, Best Actor and Best Actress in a Musical, Best Featured Actor and Best Costumes. It also, I think, won some Drama Desk Awards, but I figured we'd stop with that list of Tonys because that's a lot of awards. I mean, I don't know what else it was up against in 2002, but that's still pretty impressive. And then it was made into a movie in 2007, or I guess made again into a movie in 2007. And then they did it somewhat recently, maybe 2013. You know how NBC is doing those musicals live each year? So it was one of the ones that they did live. The 2007 version, which is probably the more popular only because it's more recent, has also a lot of big names in it. The girl who plays Tracy Turnblad, her name is Nikki Blonsky. I don't know what else she's been in. But other than her, John Travolta, Queen Latifah, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken, Amanda Bynes, James Marsden, Zac Efron, like it is a pretty packed cast in that movie. And a really good job, like turned in, I'd say all of them turned in really good performances. Music is by Mark Shaman. The book is by Mark O'Donnell Tom, and Thomas Meehan, and lyrics are by Scott Whitman and Mark Shaman. So that's just on Hairspray generally. We haven't even gotten to our ratings yet. So our pearl clutching ratings for Hairspray, violence is a zero, pretty great, language is a two, and romance is a two. So this is actually a relatively clean musical, which is how musicals used to be, gosh darn it. So as we said, violence is a zero. There's really nothing that happens that is of a violent nature. There are some sort of like over-the-top joke things. Like Tracy gets locked in a basement at one point, but it's not in a... It's just, it's not violent. There, So it's it's really a zero there. Um, but romance, there is this one seduction scene, a failed seduction scene and a pretty hilarious seduction scene, but nonetheless, there's some sexiness going on there. There's crushes, kissing, and there's a lot of suggestive lyrics. One song, almost the whole song, and then others just throughout. So it's a little bit suggestive. And then language-wise, at least in the movie version, the 2007 movie version, it's not too bad. Um, there's some name-calling, which is somewhat racially and also physically inspired. Physically, because Tracy's fat, so physically inspired? I don't know. And then damn and things like that. So for us, that brings it to about a two. But otherwise, it's actually pretty clean. And it wasn't like they were cursing left, right, and center. This is also one of those musicals that because it has, it's a high energy musical, big colors, colorful, high energy, upbeat music sort of thing. There are some slow songs, but as a general idea. So you have to be willing to, you have to be like us who looks beneath the surface versus just watching it. You can enjoy it on surface level. But if you want to know what's going on beyond that, you're going to start paying, you know, look a little closer. And then you say, like, wait a second, what are the lyrics of this song again? Why is he singing this? Oh, wait, that's like right. really, that's the song, it's actually the song that, uh, the Link, right, I think his name is Link, right? That's Zac, Zac Efron plays that character. We're singing Test Drive This American Man, right? Okay, that whole song. That is a very, very suggestive uh, sort of song that's going on there. Yeah. 
But as you said, you have to be looking for it, which does mean that if a family was watching this, most of that stuff would go over the head of a kid that's young enough. Right. The only question is, if you buy the soundtrack, can you skip, can you cut out that song so your seven-year-old doesn't go around singing that song? Right. Because that would not be good. Right. Be like having your seven-year-old sing Grease Lightning. Well, not as bad. I think Grease Lightning is actually much worse. Right. 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 So there you go. So one thing I don't understand, and I haven't seen it anywhere, is the Mm -hmm. mom. So John Travolta plays Tracy's mom. And it doesn't explain anywhere why there's a man playing the mom's role. Okay. I looked it up because I knew I had a question about this. So in the original movie version, the actor that played... The mom was a a cross dresser. So then, when it came to Broadway, I don't know who auditioned for the role. I don't think it was limited to men, but it just became a thing. But it wasn't meant to be a drag thing. It was just meant to be like I, I was reading the director talking about it, and they were saying just like Peter Pan on Broadway is usually played by a woman. This is played by a man, and that's just sort of. Because of the precedence. And it's like, it's really not supposed to be a man in, like, it's not supposed to be a man doing drag. It's supposed to be a woman. It just happens to be played by a man. But it's not, like, supposed to be a... Right. But it's a still... Thing. Like, it's a what if it's precedence? Like, they've been, they just came out with company with a female singing doing the lead role. You know what I'm saying? So, since when did Broadway ever care about precedence? And also when the precedence... No, it doesn't... Why would you do it for the crossdresser to begin with? Just because you liked him, you want to give him a role. So why does he have to be the mom? That's well, yes, no, it doesn't have. Well, and they said it doesn't have to be like there are productions where it's played by a woman. So like you know, if you're doing your local production or whatever, it doesn't have to be a man. It just has happened to be that in the big productions of it, that it's been a man. But there's not. I don't know. No one seems to like be married to it or anything. It's just sort of been the thing that has happened it's still a curious thing even if there's nothing behind yes. it it's just a curious thing that they've done and keep doing that's all now the that's one, fair. yeah the one thing about this is that it always reminded me of well when i saw when i finally saw memphis memphis kind of reminded me of hairspray plus dream girls gets you memphis because uh-huh. hairspray does address certain things so in the film queen latifah the song that she's singing is you know i know where i've been which which is about racial stuff that blacks and whites should be able to sing and be on the same stage and be on TV together. Or you have like an interracial couple that the mom's going to also lock her up and she didn't have to find out about that. But because it's this like colorful pop sort of thing, when you listen to the Queen Latifah song, it might really, it could really affect you. But as a general thing in the story itself, you're seeing it and you know exactly what's going on. But the impact of it is not the same as like the way it is in Memphis. Memphis takes it and gives it, I guess because it's not as, it's not just supposed to be a flashy colored light sort of thing, Memphis. One thing that Dreamgirls kind of has is that it's just it's just a long musical. So Memphis is a shorter musical than Dreamgirls, so that's why it feels like it got both of those a little bit. It got like it's like the better version of both of those. That's at least interesting. What it is. Yeah, because it's also about trying to get the black voices on the radio. Right? Well, they call it like the black music on the radio. Was it is it jazz that he's very into, and he's trying to get jazz on the radio? Not him singing jazz, but there's a black singer that he wants her to be on the radio. And that's kind of what Dream Girls is that also, that they're trying to get the black singers to, to build up their careers and get them out there and get their voice, you know, singing out and, and, and you know, they could be on any, any radio station. I don't know. That's what right. it kind of reminded me of. But, well, yeah, I guess there's yeah. different ways of dealing with themes, right? There's, yeah. you can do a musical that's very 
heavy and dark and deals with it. Or you can do a musical that's a little bit more, like you would say, light and fluffy, because there are different ways of approaching things and different audiences will respond to different approaches. So some people want the next normal, really heavy, right? Like it's about grief and loss, yes, and all those things. And then some people want hairspray. They want a hairspray type musical, but with a little bit more substance than just... I mean, they they still could have told a story about a fat girl trying to get onto TV. You know, that's still something that they wanted to add the racial component to it also. But it's just a different way of approaching a topic, right? There are just multiple ways of approaching a topic. It's the high school version. It's like a young adult version of a musical. Right. But it's a musical oh, that's made yeah, for everybody. Yeah. And then at least it's not like Greece, where the messaging of Greece is a little bit confusing of she has to change, she doesn't have to change, he's changing, she, who's changing for whom over here. It's a little bit more... Tracy does not change. She's a heavyset girl. She gets the hot guy, which is kind of like the dumpling thing, right? They, have, they still end up with a jock or they still end up with a hot guy uh-huh. sort of thing. But it's not about, oh, I have to change myself, which, okay, fine. You know, and even when you have the interracial couple, no one's changing themselves sort of things. It's just, you know, we're going to be brave. We're going to be bald. We're going to put it out there. And this is the way the times are now and everything's changing. And this is, this is what life is these days. Even Tracy mm-hmm. trying to coax her mom, the man mom, out of... Uh, <laughs> You know, because the mom doesn't want to go out there. She's kind of embarrassed about her own size and she doesn't want to whatever. Like, no, mom, it's a new it's a new era now. Anyone could go out in the streets, which is kind of unfortunately true, but <laughs> lots a bunch of other things, but. Right. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you have, if you want to do like the more serious messaging and you don't want it to be preachy, which nobody really appreciates preachy either. Uh, you know, so if you try to do it more upbeat and you do it more with the upbeat songs and the bright lights and. So maybe that's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think the messaging gets lost totally, but it's really a conversation starter when it's in Hairspray versus, well, versus being in Memphis or Dreamgirls or something. Mm. Well, and it's also an interesting message, if you can call it a message, because it's almost less of a message than it is just sort of showing a snapshot of history. I don't know specifically what was going on in Baltimore in 1962, but Baltimore, Maryland, so it Maryland's right on the cusp, right, of the South and the North. So the fact that integration was a difficulty there. So if you're going to show a dancing TV show with music, there's going to be racial issues because there were racial issues with music at the time and what could be played on the radio and what couldn't be played on the radio. And there were black stations, and there were white stations. So you almost can't do a musical about the 60s set in Baltimore if you don't want to include race. Like, if you don't want to include race, you'd have to do the 60s in California, maybe. Or not do the 60s. You know, it's sort of like if you set something in New York in early 2000s, there's going to be someone who references 9-11. Or if it's something set in the 40s, someone is going to have a brother who served or died in World War II. You know, even if it's not about that, it's just the historical framework and that's going to be part of it. I mean, yes, obviously when they wrote Hairspray, that, that was the racial component was part of it because they could have picked any era, theoretically, or any time or any place. So it's not like it just happened, but it's also different because they were just, it's integration. It's not anything radical, but they're just showing a, a time and place. It's interesting the body positivity sort of message with it, because mm-hmm. it seems like that's something of more of today, but... I guess there they put it in also that it's just the full-on acceptance. We have to accept everyone for the way they are and what they are. Which, going back to the whole change thing, 
there's truth to that, but it's also not totally true that everyone's just perfect exactly the way they are, right? There's a balance between we all have to be working towards self-refinement and try to make ourselves better. And just because we're born a certain way doesn't mean we have to be stuck in that place versus you shouldn't just throw someone out for, for an external feature or something like that. Yeah, there has to be a balance of both. And really the fact that she's fat seems to take a back seat to the racial stuff pretty quickly. You know, at first there's like the perfect blonde girl who's making all these comments about her and like, oh, you can't dance here because you're fat. But really it, it ends up becoming more about race anyway. And it's almost the mom actually, right? It's the mom's own body discomfort. She's a little bit of a recluse, right? Like we learned that she hasn't been out of the house for two years because she's uncomfortable with the way she looks. But it doesn't really seem to be at the forefront as much as the fight for integration on the TV show. Right. But anyway, it's it's fun. It's a good musical. It's sort of what you want from a musical. Mostly, well, at least this is for me, mostly upbeat songs. I can handle like one or two ballads, maybe, in a musical, but that's about my limit. Anything more than that, and I tune out. So fun, good songs, earwormy, you know, they get stuck in the head. Great costumes, great dance numbers, and a story that's coherent. You know, it doesn't have to be a fantastic story. I don't think musicals necessarily have... They're not supposed to be Shakespeare. You know, I think they're more about the spectacle, but they still have to be somewhat coherent. And you do. You have coherence. And then you have all the other trappings of a musical. And the movie did a really good version of... I mean, I've never seen it on stage, so I can't really compare the two. And I think there are some songs that are cut out, which happens often for time and for staging and story but it's it's fun it's a musical it's how a musical should be yeah i don't know that i have any particular thoughts of it specifically one way or the other as in specifically like what is this or wow this is one of the greatest things i've ever seen yeah it's like a middle of the pack musical but it is as we've talked about pearl clutching wise pretty tame and clean so it is something you can actually watch with your family, which is nice. Yeah, as long as you cut out the one song. Right. <laughs> and if you could handle the seduction scene with Christopher Walken. Well, yes. Maybe you don't watch it with like your littlest, littlest kids. But it's it's pretty good. I don't know. It does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I guess you could do that. Yeah. At least the movie. Again, I haven't seen it on stage, so I can't compare that. But it certainly makes you want to get up and dance when they do that song at the end. You can't stop the beat. And I always... Like, if a musical makes you want to get up and dance, then it's definitely doing its job right. Well, good then. Emily's going to go off dancing now, and I'll just go back to my corner. The only problem is there's not enough tap dancing in it. Musical is really not a musical unless there's a good tap dance number. But it, that's, why it, that's not why it's not a great musical, because there's not really any tap dancing. Something Rotten's got tap dancing. Thoroughly Modern Millie, you know, Sing in the Rain, you got some great tap dancing. This one is just uh, one step below. But that's okay. You know, it wasn't the right era. I get it. Great. Now she's going to pull out her tap shoes now also. Yeah, you said your headache went away, right? No. Oh, no. Big headache. Yeah, really big. Giant. Like, so big. Mm. Well, you know, hair of the dog, right? So if you already have a headache, then maybe me tap dancing will just fix it. I think we should try that out. I'm pretty sure it's medically sound. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go build an extension to the bunker that is totally sound even more soundproof than where we are right now oh a dance studio perfect here i'll come help 
Oh, Thanks no. so much for listening, folks. We'll catch you next time. Cheers, people. Oh My Word podcast is brought to you by the Perk Hutching Basement Dwellers at Oh My Word with theme music by Tim Burke. To keep track of all the great stuff we're up to, please follow us on Instagram at Oh My Word Podcast. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a starry, starry five-star review. For full episode notes and details, please visit el10 Thanks so much for joining us. Catch you next time.